With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. show tonight, you know, uh, 
Dana had just been given so many accolades and awards and recognition, and I'm just so humbled that she'd take the time out to be on our show with us to speak to our audience. Yes, yes, she has been deemed by the White House as a champion of change. And as she's spoken here, what, about at least twice in the past, what, three months or so? Yes, she's a bad girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so just give us a report as to what's been going on, Gems, um, as we wait for Adina to call in. Oh, okay. We've been uh, uh, working together uh, here at the Urban Tech Fair National Committee to develop some activities for 2014 to really kick this uh, movement off. We have so many people around the country that are involved in the Urban Tech Fair, but we've got to find out a way to centralize their uh, interests and get them moving towards a common goal. And Social Media Week in uh, February is a is a great goal, and I know that you've been working on a hip-hop su- history summit, and we've got a number of different events just lined up from uh, New York to L.A. that we're going to be promoting this year under the UTF banner for 2014. Yes, yes. I just making a final arrangement. We have um, scheduled February 18th now the um, the Global Luminary where we'll be um, interviewing and streaming in New York, Philadelphia, L.A., San Francisco, um, in London, in Germany, you know, all at the same time as we um, we're looking to interview some original people from the hip hop to talk about the origins of hip hop. And um, our main objective is first we want to show how we can use common technology to have a significant global com- conversation and discussion that would empower our community. And um, in the process, we want to kick off our membership drive. We definitely, all to attend the urban tech fairs are definitely free, but as a member, you know, people do have the opportunity to, um, as a member, you know, you get extra benefits as a member. What does it say? Membership has its privileges? Yes, definitely. <laughs> so, so many um, people have been helping us uh, organize and create the uh, Urban Tech Fair, and the membership is going to give them a way of being recognized for uh, their contributions and their efforts. And I, I'm really thrilled with what you guys have been working on in terms of putting together a program that will honor and recognize those people that have been volunteering their time, energy, and resources to help us move forward on this concept of community empowerment through technology. You know, there's so many uh, discussions about the effect of uh, social media in in our generation this last year. As they said, social media has helped uh, move democracy through the uh, world, has helped uh, uh, organizations and people come together. It's time for us as a community to begin to use social media to empower our own neighborhoods, to begin to use technology not as an entertainment tool, 
but as an empowerment tool to create new jobs, new markets, and new opportunities in our own neighborhoods. Yes, definitely. So, um, well, you know, that's definitely what um, we're doing. So that's what's just exciting about um, the the what they're calling them now is luminaries. That's the new term. And the reason why we say luminaries, so, it, you know, rather than just having information, we are, our goal is to affect change, that people will come and be transformed. And so instead of there being a seminar, it's called a luminar, a luminary. And, you know, that's the new term when what you do, um, the purpose is to transform people, for people to become transformed. Well, you know, as a poor boy from Watts, I have a problem with six-syllable words, but uh, I'll go along with nobody <laughs> It's a luminar, <laughs> webinar, luminar. But rather than just giving people information, just sitting there listening, you know, the purpose is to affect change. And that's the overall purpose of the Urban Tech Fair. You know, we could just give out information. You know, you can go here, you can go here, access this, this, and that, and just talk to people or talk at people. But, <clears throat> by, you know, by showing and demonstrating through using and taking people through the process, they can, you know, also realize how they can do it themselves. They can see the possibilities. They can actually implement. They can be part of it. So it's, you know, the learning is much more fold, um, greater, and the people have an opportunity to do better. But, yeah, with well, the, we're just saying I'm calling this the I other side of hip-hop. more. The, the human factor. I mean, technology is great, but it's because of people like uh, Dana and Mike Green and Wayne Hicks and others who are working out there in the trenches every day, that human element that people are volunteering and giving back, sharing their knowledge and experience with, with others is what really makes uh, this whole movement great because it's a movement of the people, not of technology. Uh, if you don't know about technology in this day and age, you're living under a rock. Uh, but the question is, what are you doing with it? And so many people are doing positive things, creating uh, new opportunities in, in forms of jobs, businesses, products, services that we never hear about. You don't hear about our success stories on the 6 o'clock news. So we've got to be able to control or uh, revamp the media for our benefit as a community to hold up examples, success stories, best practices, so that others can then benefit, as you say, yes. by the information that we're sharing. Yes. All righty, well, we have a caller on the line, so I'm going to bring on a caller from the 360. Hello. Hi, this is Dina. Hi, Dina. How are you doing? Hi, I'm fine. I was finally able, something with my phone's kind of wacky. I was finally able to get on. Excuse me for being so late. <laughs> no, no problem. We're just happy to have you aboard. I mean, you have so many stories to tell, not only of uh, what you're doing in uh, your community up there in the uh, northwest in Seattle, but what you're doing around the country. I mean, you've been recognized nationally. You've been recognized by your state. And I was reading a poster. I think your city is now recognizing you. 
Well, it's um, Oregon. It's the state of Oregon. The governor's um, office was recognizing me, so it's 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 quite an honor. I'm, I'm really I'm really amazed at it, and I'm really amazed that you know when you're doing something that you really love, that you're passionate about, that you do actually get recognized for it. So it's it's been a amazing year. Well, I met some of your trophies, some of your students, some of the people that uh, you've been working with uh, to uh, bring urban tech, uh, bring urban IT uh, down here to Los Angeles. And yeah. there's some great people. If they're following your example, you have some wonderful trophies. Oh, well, Jim, thank you so much. And it looks like, you know, we were hoping to get down there to Los Angeles in 2014, but I don't know, and may, we may have to move it to 2015 right now because we have a really strong interest in um, in New York and we just launched it in Seattle. I'm actually near Portland, Oregon in Vancouver, Washington, so I'm closer to Portland than Seattle. Oh, and okay. yeah, so if we first started we first well let me kinda of go back and even say why I even started this this program. <laughs> and, well let's let's hold this hold it right there. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we just jumped into the conversation so quick because me and uh, Jackie are just fawning all over you. We're bending over, glad to have you on the show. Ah! But as we often say with our guests, you know, more important than what you're doing now is how you got to where you are. So if you can tell us about yourself and your story and what brought you to the point where you decided to volunteer and develop this uh, great program to give back to the community. Well, you know, I... I am one, and the people around here that know me know that I'm not one to do a whole lot of consensus building or to sit around and talk to groups about, okay, we should do this is the problem, we need to be doing something and don't do anything. So I just kind of jump in and make it happen. And so uh, the years that I was on the Washington, uh, Governor Gregoire in the state of Washington appointed me to her Commission on African American Affairs years ago. I was on the commission for about six years, and all of our ethnic commissions were looking at the achievement gap issue and what can be done, you know, et cetera. Well, around the same time, I was asked to participate on a chief information officer council in Portland. And when I walked in the room to the very first meeting, I noticed something instantly. There was no diversity. And there was very few women even, you know, involved in that council. And so I started thinking, I said, okay, there's a disparity here, and there's a disparity with our black and brown youth not graduating high school. You know, what can I do? So I married the two and created the iUrban Teen Tech program. And and I wanted to try to create something, a vehicle where, because I felt that if we could create something, bring the kids there to a university campus, because a lot of them have never even been on a campus before, Bring them to a university campus and try to infuse a technology spark so that they can see the opportunities for them available for them in technologies and have them see how to become more of the producers of it versus the consumers of it. And so that's what made me start it, and that was three years ago. And it has been nonstop ever since. Well, tell us about the girl. I mean, were you always involved in tech? Were you an A student? Were you a geek coming up? No. Uh, I was a social <laughs> butterfly coming up, okay? I was never, I was not really ever a geek. I'm an innovator. You know, I'm what they call a positive deviant. I'll look at something and I'll see how to deviate around it and create something a little bit more dynamic. Um, 
and so in fact when I was when I was asked to be on the CIO roundtable or, or for councils here in Portland and also in Seattle, I told them I said I'm not you know a technologist, and he said I know that but you're innovative and we need you, and I'm like okay that works for me and I've been on there a part of that council for five years now, um, very dynamic people and some of the same people that are helping me with shaping the program and helping provide resources to continue the program. So, yeah, I was never, no, I was, I I kind of fell into this role, you know, but I, but you know, I think that this is the place I'm supposed to be. You know, it's funny that you would mention how you started bringing kids on the college campus. You know, I was just a, a poor boy from Watts, South Central L.A., and my first experience with uh, college, I had no intentions or goals to go to college, was when the uh, program Upward Bound with the yes. uh, campus took me on to uh, Long Beach State for a summer. And I just had, I was just so amazed with that environment and that whole new world it exposed me to that I went on and enrolled in the college. And, and, you know, it's just such an inspiration. You always say travel opens up people's eyes. But those type of experiences for our children, black and brown children, that sometimes never get 50 miles outside of where they live. It's exactly. just a whole different world. Exactly. And for some of their parents, too, because we have, I always believe in honoring the family, you know, um, with engaging them in whatever it is that their child is doing. And so we have a very strong parent engagement piece as well. And so some of the parents, some of them, have never been to certain university campuses either. So it's uh, it's also uh, rewarding for them as well. But I, I let the kids get there to the university and let them breathe it in, you know, so that they can hopefully see themselves there, you know, at some point. So we try to do the subliminal messaging to them all along the way. So, yeah, we've had – I'm so happy about this program. We've had over 850 youth that have come through you know, our program, and it's just continuing to grow. We're continuing to add on more and more programs, you know, for them. So the other thing that I wanted to tell you about with the with the event, I wanted something more than just a one-day spark, you know. So we also added in what we call our tech tours. So if we can engage them on that campus with that one-day infusion of technology, then we take the, a deeper dive and take them on a three- to four-hour tour to a different organization so they can see how that company uses technology, what that employee does in that role around technology. So we've had tech tours of Nike, which is right here in our own backyard, Nike, Daimler, um, trucks, and um, uh, U.S. Fish and Wildlife took them on what we call more of our environmental sciences uh, tech tour piece of it. Um, FBI, we're going to have one with them. So there's so many different things. And what for me, I like to keep adding to it because you give them a wide gamut of exposure and let them, let them decide whatever it is that piques their interest, and we're going to be there to support them in that effort. Now, a lot of our listeners, and as you know, the uh, uh, Urban Tech Fair supporters are community activists like yourself. Mm-hmm. For someone that's trying to put together a, a local program or a community tech event, what kind of advice would you give to them? What would you recommend as the basic starting points or, uh, or, or touchstones they should hit along the way? Well, the first thing is, is I actually, mine was so grassroots, 
Yes, I had the connection with the chief information officers and all, but the ones that were really driving it was the parents. So I reached out to a lot of the folks in my network who had friends that had kids that were in that age group. So we did this more grassroots effort to see if there was an interest. Could we even get them there? Once I saw that there was an interest, then I worked with the university. You know, first find, get the interest, then look for a location where you're going to have it and have it on some type of continuum. Um, because, I, like I said, I don't believe in just having a one-time thing for kids and getting their hopes up and then you're not there again. So whatever you do, decide to try to make it some type of continuum and start small. Ours was small. We just started with a one-day summit, you know, that we had on the university campus and then started adding in all the other pieces. Then get the, get the support from the business community because when you have them understand the why, and I always have to say, understand what the why is and why you're even doing it. One of the reasons or benefits for industries is that you're creating a talent pipeline for them. You know, so it's in their best interest to support whatever effort that you have in place. Um, and then meet some of the local geeks, you know, some of the folks in the startup communities, you know, some of the developers that would love to, you know, spend some time showing kids how to code. You know, but now, first get know, that support, local support. Now, that, that code is such a, a generic word uh, because whether we're talking about uh, uh, coding in the sense of uh, uh, writing uh, application software or coding in the sense of uh, game development are coding in the sense of uh, just putting together uh, uh, mobile apps. How do you work mm -hmm. with that when uh, people come at you from three, four different uh, perspectives of the uh, quote-unquote coding uh, movement? Oh, gosh, I know. It's, so, it's, it's such a large variety of things. But we just started with web coding, how to, you know, how to create a website. We did very simple for our code camp that we just launched, and that's where we're going to stay right now. But we also have one of our volunteers um, who works at Intel, and they have a mobile apps uh, department that they're going to hopefully create a, a, some curriculum for us so that they can, we can teach them mobile apps. Then we also have Microsoft that we're working with, and we're hoping that they can work with us in creating more of the gaming you know, type of apps. All of these are in the future, but right now we're just starting with the basics, showing them how to create a website. Now, here in L.A., when I've done different events, I usually try to use free services that are online, like uh, uh, Code Academy and so forth. Mm -hmm. uh, would you recommend any free services that would be helpful to someone that would want to uh, – put together a workshop or a day event? Well, you know, I, I, I would. There's several out there. However, for us, we like the approach to have it more personal. So we have our kids paired in teams of two, and we have different instructors that are there. And we have what I call our team leads that are there kind of, kind of helping to guide them through this collaborative process. The kids are learning on their own, but we like the live instruction pieces. We share with them what type of online tools if they want to further, you know, their knowledge base on it. But we like the more personal, you know, sessions where um, I think that it's, a, it's a, a better learning experience if it's live instruction. That's just me. But there's well, tons you know, I, of, of online workshops. I, I agree with you, but in so many uh, uh, communities, especially uh, smaller markets, uh, Kansas City, the Midwest, and so forth, 
uh, you don't really have all the resources that, let's say, us in California or New York might have readily mm-hmm. readily available. And people have to be able to, as I say, start with wherever you're at with what's available. And if it's one person in a room speaking to, to two kids, and that, that's where you start at. Mm-hmm. One thing that, that, that I like what you said earlier was about the uh, uh, parent component, getting the uh, uh, parents involved. Now, I know in the uh, uh, workshops and events that I've done here in California, even though I'm targeting and marketing to, uh, quote, unquote, uh, uh, kids as ages uh, uh, 10 to 15, I often find that the parents get just as involved and they work through the programs and they do the exercises. I mm-hmm. even had a few senior citizens set in on my classes. Do you experience the same thing? We do. In fact, we have to – what was happening, we didn't have enough space for the parents to attend all of the workshops that we have <laughs> during the summits. Yeah, because they wanted to go along with all the workshops. So we have a parent roundtable that we do during the summit, the one-day intense summit. And during that, during that session, we just kind of help explain what their youth are learning in those workshops. And then we talk about some other things on how they can continue the engagement. But, yeah, in fact, we're going to start a coding camp for the parents. What you about know, the too. businesses? Do you find the uh, businesses getting involved in the actual uh, uh, process of, of, of coding and as, as well, or uh, how involved are your sponsors and your supporting uh, uh, business community? Well, now they're very supportive. It wasn't like that originally. And, and I, I have to set up a structure for, of that support. So we have within iUrban, we have our board of directors, which are – usually made up of some of the um, CIOs and top technologists here in, in Portland metro area. But what we also created was a group called ISAAC, and that's short for, that's the acronym for iUrban STEM Industry Advisory Council. That's made up of about 20 people from different industries, uh, so from transportation to energy, um, environmental sciences, transportation, all those. And so... That, so that also serves as our base of support. That Isaac Council, they're the ones that will be creating our tech tours of their industries. They're also going to be creating mentoring programs and internship programs. So like I said, I didn't have that originally. The more word of mouth and buzz that happened for our program made it easier to create that council. So whatever city we're in, these folks are going to have their peers create an Isaac Council to help support the program. So your whole program is, is duplicatable. It's, it's, it's based on uh, on one teaching one and being able to uh, uh, relocate the template from uh, from one market to another. Exactly, exactly. Like I said, we, we started here in actually Vancouver, and then over to Portland, and so we alternate locations. You know, like twice a year, we're in on one of the campuses. Then we just launched in Kirkland, Washington, which is near Seattle. And then we now we're going to be in downtown Seattle in the spring. And I'm in talks with folks in New York, and both in Brooklyn and in Harlem. And then also there's an interest in Chicago, Philadelphia, and Florida, and of course Los Angeles. So yeah, what we have is scalable and. Um, and uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. Now it's just the capacity building. 
you know, because I can't be in all these places at the same time. So <laughs> now so I've got to worry about, okay, now we've got to make sure we, we're able to, to build, you know, capacity to pull these off. Jackie, I don't want to just overrun the interview here. You have a few questions you want to ask, Dana? Is that Jackie? Um, yes, yes. This, this is I, I'm, I am here. <laughs> okay. Well, it's just been great listening, great listening in. Um, I just want to let um, everyone know if you want to call in, if you have any questions, the call in number is six four six seven one six seven nine nine four. We just have three minutes left, so. We oh, will is that run, all? Um, so I was really talking a lot, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we have three minutes left of the live stream. It did, we had a little technical difficulties. The show actually started earlier. <laughs> oh, but, really? Um, oh. It's three minutes of the live stream, which we would still be recording. But if someone wants to be able to call in and speak with you, you have three minutes left to call in, and that's 646-716-7994. So, um, well, while we're waiting, uh, since we have that short time period, and these shows are archived on iTunes, Danny, can you please give the uh, audience your URL and how they can find out more information about iUrban Teen? Definitely. It's iUrbanTeen.org. iUrbanTeen.org. And um, one of the things, too, that I want to say is that it, it's so helpful when we're wherever city you're in, whatever effort that you're doing, that we as a people, that we understand how to work collaboratively, and have what I yes. call a community cluster. Um, mm-hmm. So whatever, like a friend of mine, uh, Kimberly Brand has Black Girls Code, and uh, she was we were both honored in the White House at the same time, and so I'm trying to get her to bring her program here. How can I support her in doing that? Um, a lot of times we forget what the the outcomes that we're trying to achieve, you know, and so we'll work in silos all too often, forgetting yes. about what the outcomes are. So I try to preach about how do we work collaboratively and remember that we're doing this for the kids. You know, we yes. really want to make a dent in this. Well, that's one of yes. the secrets of uh, Silicon Valley is collaboration. It's not only mm-hmm. being the smartest one in the room, but being able to get along and work and and troubleshoot with with others, so yeah, yeah, I agree with you. You know, so many people doing wonderful things in their own silos, and they're working day and night when there's other people standing around waiting to help and don't know which way to turn. Yeah, that's what the Urban Tech Fair is about: sharing that knowledge, creating awareness, showcasing organizations like you, supporting them, so that other people can get involved and duplicate are uh, be able to uh, enjoy and benefit from these resources. Yeah, I'm just so proud of what you guys are doing with the Urban Tech Fair, and I hope that I can always be able to support, you know, the effort. I know that for me, wherever city we go in, if there's folks involved with Urban Tech Fair, that they'll be there to help support, you know, this program as well. So I, I just applaud what you're doing, Jim, and how vigilant you've been, you know, on this this whole tech, you know, uh, Urban Tech uh, Fair you know, program. I really appreciate what all you're doing. Well, the whole yes. movement was born out of uh, uh, social media because of people like you. Uh, I was online and, and seeing your posts and Mike's posts and Kimberly uh, 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 Bryant's posts and everybody else was posting all this positive news about what they were doing in these different programs and opportunities and so forth, but yet this information wasn't being disseminated within our community. 
you know, everybody you say uh, 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 tech, and they just, their eyes roll over like you said science or something. I so, know. So, you know, I, I felt we just needed to, uh, again, use social media, not quote-unquote for entertainment, but use it for empowerment because there's exactly. so many fabulous people doing wonderful things with little or no resources or recognition. And it's time that we begin to lift up the best in our community instead of always talking about the worst. Amen. Amen. I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that. But I think 2014 is going to be a turnaround year for us, for our community. I think that we are understanding that golden key of collaboration. Yes. I think we're finally... Yeah, coming out of our silos because, I mean, this has actually been a trend for almost the past 15 years as far as the nonprofit community. You can no longer survive as a silo. And so, yeah, in that community, and then business kind of picked up on it with, you know, social entrepreneurship. Oh, it's better rather than taking from a community to give back. I have Mm -hmm. better, you know, more longevity. And then you started seeing the businesses collaborating with the nonprofits, and you wind up providing better services as a collaborative because you can address the whole whole needs. Mm-hmm. So I think, um, well, you know, as long as we're willing to do that and um, true full support, um, Dean, of your program, and we'll be calling on you um, on the Urban Tech Fair in the structure. Um, the Saturday, which is the next to the last day, this is the um, fair that's on the ground. That Saturday is called STEM. It's a family affair. And mm-hmm. so that's our day just totally dedicated to STEM youth and their families. Because they, as you stated, you just stated it, and it just shows the needs. It's hard to teach the youth outside of the parents because the parents can't support the youth if they have no understanding, exactly. you know, of what's going on. Exactly. And so, um, yeah, so we are looking to engage programs like you showcase your program, let know it's available. We're definitely going to have a, a whole fair, but we'd also like um, like BDPA to have their computer camp. So, you know, competitions um, yeah. or, um, you know, seminars, different things that people can engage in. So we are looking to, for all our youth programs, we don't want to cre- recreate the will. We have a structure of the day, and we're going to be calling on all of our people that y- deal with youth to come up with the programming for that day. Oh, that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. That would be amazing. You, you know our tenets are access, education, and commerce. Uh, now, you're working hard on the education end. Tell us a little bit about the the need for access, the broadband access in the urban community from your perspective? Well, you know, we have here in the Portland metro area, we are pretty innovative with that. We don't have a lack of the broadband access compared to a lot of the other cities. And so I know that we have to, have to be able to, some of the cities that we're hoping to go into, um, that we're hoping to go into, it's going to be fruitile if there's not broadband access. You know, we can show them all these things, but if they go home into communities where they, in the homes where they don't have access, that's going to be a problem. And I know you've been working diligently on that. Well, you can't have one without the other. As you say, it's, it's one mm-hmm. thing for a kid 
like here in Los Angeles, they're going uh, full digital with laptops, providing laptops instead of textbooks to the kids. But mm-hmm. it's one thing for the kids to, you know, work and do all these wonderful things with their laptops at school and then get home and don't have no access. They don't have uh, the it access. It just kind of kills it, you know, kills the spirit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we, there's so many uh, benefits that uh, access to broadband brings to our community. I often say if wireless technology and broadband access can possibly end poverty in Africa, what can it do in Harlem? can it do in the wards in Texas and South Central L.A.? Uh, you know, it, it's so key in terms of the information society that we live in. You know, information, is, is, knowledge is power that we can begin to do for self. If And I'm sure you would agree with me. I always say that, you know, it's not the school's responsibility to teach or educate our kids. It's the parents' responsibility. And mm-hmm. if we give them the proper tools, they will take full advantage of it to make sure that we're not left behind in this upcoming digital age. Oh, I know. And see, I always say the parents are the first teachers. You know, that's why we have them there. You know, they are the first teachers and and the lifelong teachers, you know, if they're good parents. But, um, yeah, they ha- it has to be at, in the homes. Now, you know, um, Comcast has that special. There's a Comcast and another one where they give um, – um, internet, internet access for low cost internet access if your if your child uh, qualifies for a free uh, free lunch, lunch program at school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah. I'm so proud of my mayor here in L.A. because uh, Comcast is basically an East Coast company. We have Time Warner down here in Los Angeles, and since he was uh, recently elected, he made a public statement that either the uh, uh, cable and the phone companies were going to provide affordable or no cost. Uh, internet access are the city would. And I know that uh, our mutual friend, Mike Green, has been working up in your area to get the companies up there to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that we have the Comcast, the 9, because Comcast is up here, Comcast and CenturyLink. They have the $9, it's $9.95 a month. You know, yes, yes, they have that across mm-hmm. the country. Comcast has that across the country. But they seem to be about the the leading one. There may be other programs, but then it's, you know Comcast. Well, the other ones are kind of not the, uh, clear. The root and the motivation, because as Dina said earlier, you know, the businesses are not participating out of the uh, kindness of the heart, but because they see the, the uh, in returns on uh, investing in the community, whether it be creating a new uh, pipeline of, of talent and skilled labor mm-hmm. force or whether it be a, a new market that they can now uh, uh, generate. Comcast uh, puts well, together Comcast this has program. always been like that. Um, I mean, they're doing it business-wise, but, again, as I was stating to Dina earlier, um, it's been like 15, 20 years, you know, business has finally caught on. It's better to partner with the community, and mm-hmm. Comcast has been doing that. I know in our market for a long time, they, yeah, they, uh, like they supported the National Political Congress of Black Women. Um, of course, they it, because it was a political organization and they have to deal with, you know, lobbying and different things, but they still um, supported a, a worthy cause and helped, and this was an organization that helped women in politics, you know, black women, and helped them get elected and, you know, those type of different things. They've, um, you know, they're always involved in the community and they, um, 
you know, um, housing, new housing, things that are being built, help get, you know, partner to get tax breaks. And these are housing units that, you know, nine times out of ten, these people are going to choose Comcast to be their provider. So mm-hmm. they've been um, smart. You know, it's smart business, yeah. but they are very good. Um, I know I can go to Comcast and get support in Philadelphia. I know I can go to Comcast and get support. You know, yeah, well, they've been a supporter for us. Yeah, they've the been, I when I look at those industries, they've been pretty much the only sponsor, you know, for for our iUrban program mm-hmm. compared the to some of the other ones. The make was that when uh, Comcast and NBC merged, uh, that was one of the requirements for the FAA to approve the, uh, the merger. Not only that they uh, provide uh, low-cost Internet access, but also that they give away a number of uh, uh, TV stations and radio stations to uh, uh, minority businesses and women as well. So, you know, the government and Obama's movement with his broadband initiative has done a lot to push these corporations forward and get them more involved. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you know another good organization, and some you know I know they they've been controversial because of employee rights and all that, but Walmart, Walmart has been one of our sponsors as well from day one, and there's a lot of things that they that Walmart does in the community as well that a lot of people don't aren't aware of, um, so that's another one I want to give props to is Walmart. That's good. I'm glad to hear something uh, uh, positive about them. And, and it goes back to the point of, again, uh, no man is an island, and no matter how well-intentioned we are, we need that support from uh, uh, business as well as the universities and the parents. It's got to be a holistic approach, a, a uh, communal, uh, community-wide approach. Yeah, it does. It does. And and two, like I want to say, with our program, our intentional outreach are African-American and Latino males. That's our intentional outreach, but it's an inclusive program, so we have a large number of girls that participate as well you know, in our program. Yes. Did yes. you say girls or girls? I didn't hear girls. you. Girls. <laughs> oh. Okay. Did he, thought I, did thought he say, was... think I said squirrels? No, no, you say pearls. pearls. You know, like I think he's thinking of sorority, a.k.a. I thought you were slipping in. That's what I thought you were thinking of, a.k.a. No. Our legacy organizations such as, you know, the Kappas and the a.k.a.s and all them, they've been involved out there as well. A lot of people think those uh, youngsters are just about, you know, partying and step dance, but they do a lot of work in the community and a lot of mentoring and and, 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 and community uh, volunteering as well. We've got to give them props. Yeah. Well, well that's do. one thing. Most African-American um, sororities and fraternities, most of them, some of the newer ones, but most of them are, are service organizations as opposed to a lot of the white ones that you see on TV. They were all social, but the African-Americans ones were social, um, I mean service. And mm-hmm. just to keep their chapter and their standing, a certain amount of service is required of everyone. Mm-hmm. So, um, which is, you know, a good thing they learn. And, um, well, I know so, that we had a lot of pull from, because uh, when I do my outreach to get, you know, youth that are events, I reach out to, like, our Deltas, our AKAs, 
um, here locally, and then they have, mm-hmm. because they have a lot of youth programs as well. So, again, mm-hmm. when I talk about this community, um, I call it co-creating something. When you co-create something together, um, yes. it's it's much more um, beneficial. So even though they have different youth programs, they still send their youth to our program. And whatever mm-hmm. they have in the community, we make sure that we share it with our families and youth. Yes. You know, so that they can t- can participate as well. And the same has happened up in Seattle. The Seattle Deltas were able to do a lot of outreach for us when we launched up there as well. So yes. that's nice. I was talking about that community partnering. You know, mm-hmm. with our with our community, mm-hmm. and how do yes. you help promote what someone else is doing, and not be fearful of what what I might lose by promoting your event. Yes, yes. 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 Craft in the barrel, uh, uh, condition. You know. We can we can all we can't talk to each other but we can all talk about each other and mm-hmm. we've got to make it a win win situation as you were saying for every organization or business or entity that's involved that everybody comes away feeling that you know they've uh, had their needs met and that they're getting their proper recognition for participating in the uh, whatever the event whether it be a, an urban team event or whether it be a, a Delta event, that we're all working together as one community. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. and we understand. We want to address the whole person because mm-hmm. by addressing the whole person and then you can address the whole community. And, you know, we need to understand that we're actually spiritual beings. And, and, and then on, on, on that realm, the more you give, the more you get. But mm-hmm. when we think in the physical realm, we think everything is limited. Like yeah. there's only so much, you know, so you think differently. But, you know, the, the law of nature is the more you give, the more you get. So we have to stop thinking in lack and start thinking of abundance. Abundance, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I like that, Jacqueline. I like that. Yeah, I'm sure Janet so. would agree that there's no feeling in the world like the uh, look in one of those kids' eyes when they, you know, accomplish a task or uh, written a, a program that they created, they imagined it, and they manifested. Oh, God, it's amazing. It's amazing. And what else is amazing is when we have when we have the, the events, the summit, where we try to create that spark. And the kids that we intentionally reach out to, again, it's not exclusionary, but I always say I don't really necessarily pull for the A and B students. We want the C, D, and F students. You know, because we want to, yeah, I do, because I we know they're brilliant. They just haven't mm-hmm. been engaged. No one's created yeah. that spark. And so when they Shoot. get there, usually their mama or the aunt or the daddy, somebody made them come. And so they're sitting there like, I can't believe I'm here. You can see the body language. But once we start the program and we start showing the videos and we start having exploring but sharing with them the world of technology, you can see something igniting in most of them. Not all of them, but most of them. Mm-hmm. They start sitting up straight. And you see the spark. You can see it in their eyes. And then I also have, especially up here in this in the Pacific Northwest where it's very homogeneous, um, it's important for me to have my team leads that look like them. So I get mm-hmm. some of the engineers, African-American uh, employee network at Intel, Nike, et cetera. I get them to come and be the team leads that day where they all have a group of 8 to 10 youth that they shepherd through the day. And so mm-hmm. when I see the look on their eyes and they see these young engineers coming in, 
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.